Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. Today is episode number 57 of the podcast. And our guest this week is a former Bearcat that is making history in just year two as the head volleyball coach of the Maryville Spoofhounds. Miranda Mazzara was part of a turnaround in the Northwest Volleyball program as a student athlete. Her career record as a player with the Bearcats, 60-60, and 60, but those last two seasons, they were 37-23. and 23. And since her junior year in 2015, when things started to turn around for the Bearcats, they are 97-55. and 55. So Mazzara was a big part of that foundation on head coach Amy Worth's teams. Now, she's leading the Maryville Spoofhound Volleyball Program that just captured its first state championship earlier this fall. So Mazzara's had her fingerprints on both Northwest and Maryville volleyball teams that have taken big steps here in recent years. So we're excited to have her on the podcast today. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Today's conversation with Miranda Mazzara highlights the Spoofound season dodging COVID and dominating through the Class 3 state tournament, but also how she came to Northwest Missouri State from Colorado and became a member of the Bearcat family. Let's dive into this week's episode of the podcast. We are joined by Miranda Mazzara, a former Northwest Missouri State Bearcat volleyball player, now the head coach for the Maryville Spoofound volleyball team. And 2020 has come with its challenges for everybody, but Miranda, there's plenty good to look at, I guess, as we go into 2021 as well, and especially for yourself. Of course, a state championship for Maryville volleyball, the first ever, but also getting married over the summer too in August. So um, overall, Despite the challenges 2020 said, there was still plenty good to come from it, right? Definitely, yes. It's been an awesome year. Is that one thing as you go through, and especially you're dealing with high school kids and you're trying to keep them up and ready to go, not only for volleyball, but ready to go for their classes and everything, and just being optimistic that you always have to find the, the good in things and find those blessings even whenever it's kind of difficult in a year like this. Is that one of those things you kind of have to talk with with your high school players and just kind of keep them up and ready to go? Oh, definitely. It's tough for anyone, but especially uh, just with the uncertainty within the school systems these days, given the circumstances of corona, it's been a conversation piece, uh, just how do we stay focused, how do we stay motivated, and so I definitely try to encourage my students in, in that way. Even before we get into what your team was able to accomplish this year, just getting a season in, I think, is a pretty big feat for anybody, mm -hmm. regardless of what sport it is. When you're heading into the first match, are you sitting there in your mind thinking, well, let's get five or six, and then we'll probably get shut down, but at least get as many as we can? What, what was your mindset? Honestly, it was even just, can we get through this first match? Because um, we scheduled our senior night right out of the gates so that we would have an opportunity to honor our seniors um, in anticipation that we might get shut down pretty quickly. So um, leading into that first game, it was a Monday right after the first week of school, and there were a lot of cases that popped up that week and quarantines that happened because obviously the guidelines, regulations, and things like that have changed quite a bit since then. And we even had one of our starters uh, quarantined from the get-go, so... It was really just a let's get through this this game type of mentality, and I feel like that carried over through the whole season, just a one day at a time type of thing. 
And it paid off too. I mean, when it, you hit the court and you start off and, and you reel off quite a few wins in a row and really didn't even surrender a set for the first four matches that you played. When you finally did, you still beat Harrisonville three to one. I mean, was it pretty apparent going into this season? Like, you know what, we're, we know we're pretty good, especially last year, a 27 win season overall, but there might be a little bit more down the line for us if we can get into the state tournament and, and get that played. Yeah, that was definitely a thought. Um, even concluding last year's season, I knew what this team was going to be capable of. Obviously had no idea what the circumstances would be that we'd be playing in. And I'm just super proud of these girls for overcoming so much adversity, so much uncertainty, and just really playing, like I said, one day at a time and cherishing every moment of the season. 21-2 and two on the year, the Class 3 state champions, uh, Maryville Hammers, Central Park Hills uh, in the state championship uh, to win it all. When you think about Maryville High School and Northwest Missouri State, and there are so many great traditions across a lot of different mm-hmm. sports, to be able to pull in that first volleyball state championship, how special was that to be with this team and, and to be able to get through all that? You know, it's kind of funny. I... I knew that volleyball hadn't won a state championship, but I was not aware that um, there were no girls' sports at Maryville yet to achieve that that honor, that success. And so it was pretty cool to find out after the fact. But going into it, it was just, you know, I don't want to say just another game, but the preparation was the same all season long. And um, I felt like the girls just, had a really special chemistry and um like you said tradition helps and i think that these girls have just been around a lot of success um not just in the high school scene but they've played clubs together and they've played other sports together and i think this was just a really close-knit group of girls and so it was pretty easy to wrap them up in the culture aspect of it and just really emphasize um those culture pieces and tradition pieces that I really want to instill moving forward. What was it like coming back into Maryville and the support you've had throughout this year within the high school and the other teachers and and the other coaches and players, but then getting out into the community and not as many folks can come out and see the games this year because of Mm -hmm. COVID, but everybody really keeping a close eye on what the Spoofounds were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so special just to, to come home and to feel that support overwhelming support from our community members, not just our own parents and closest friends, but just community members who are invested in our program as well as others. But just to feel that love and support was amazing. And I think it really showed the girls what uh, the culture of Maryville is. And that's what drew me in way long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 2019, a first year head coach, Coming into it in a good team, again, you win 27 matches. Are you thinking about the possibility of, all right, we got into the Class 3 state tournament, let's make some noise? Or as you get into that season in your first year, is it kind of surviving day-to-day of just kind of what that's like to be a young coach and all the different responsibilities and the things that kind of pop up on you day-to-day? I would say that despite being a young coach, I have some pretty wise mentors and coaches that I can turn to for advice um, from programs that I played for in Colorado and coached for uh, prior to coming to Maryville. So I felt pretty prepared in that sense. I don't want to 
make it seem like I know everything because I sure as heck don't, and I look forward to learning more each and every year. But um, I did feel equipped in a way, and so I felt like it was a possibility in the first year to to get to the postseason and, like you said, make some ruckus. But um, it was just kind of heartbreaking at the at sectionals last year because I knew we had it in us, but I could tell that that was a very foreign um, experience for that group of girls. We just weren't quite ready. Well, you mentioned Colorado, and you came up in uh, Parker, Colorado, before coming to Northwest Missouri State to uh, to play volleyball for your, your career with the Bearcats. What was it as you're going through that process when you're a high school student and you're thinking about the next level and, and what the future has for you? How did you end up in Maryville, Missouri, and become a Bearcat? Um, it's actually kind of a funny story because I uh, played for a club volleyball team in Colorado, uh, near Colorado Springs, which was south of where I lived. But they were my coaches there were pretty good friends with the Central Missouri coach and you know, just had conversations about the recruiting process and I had gone on a lot of official visits and he was trying to get me out to Missouri and I was like, oh, I just don't see myself in Missouri. And then my mom actually, I love telling the story because it's just, I think, a testament to, um, I'm a true believer that there's a plan for our lives and I think this is a testament to that because my mom was like, Miranda, there's just something in my spirit that says you have to go on this visit to Northwest Missouri State. So they had seen me play at a tournament um, Amy and Elena and invited me to come out and I was like mom I just don't see myself in Missouri and she's like I just think you should go so I came and it was almost instantaneous it was just like the first few interactions I had with people on campus and the coaching staff and I, I was given an opportunity to practice with the team and so I think just all of those things um, and the blatant culture of uh, a family atmosphere in Maryville was what drew me in instantly. And so I knew right after my visit that I wanted to come here, which was really funny. And I was a pretty late commit. So considering I was dead set on not coming to Missouri, I stayed quite a while. It seems to have worked out okay to this point for you, I'd say. But, <laughs> yeah, who, who I'm would, not mad about it. Yeah, who would think through that, though, too, that as you're going through, it would be, it'd be your mom saying, you should probably go 10 or 12 hours away from for school and not the students saying, yeah. I need to get away from home a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did. I, I thought about going pretty far away, but I, it was just something about, I guess, my preconceived notions about Missouri that I felt like I wouldn't enjoy it. And boy, was I wrong. So. Well, and as you get to Northwest Missouri State, your first couple seasons, there's a foundation being built. And, and the Bearcats mm-hmm. are kind of clawing the way through, but... You know, your last two seasons, I think Northwest was 37 and 23 in, in that first 20-win season, whenever they've had three of the past four. That started with your senior year, and you've really yeah. seen things co- building under Coach Worth and, and Amy there. Is that something as a freshman that you kind of feel like, we're really close to putting this thing over the top? Yeah, I felt like um, each year that passed, I could I could see our growth as a team and um not just physically and on the court, but mentally we we just grew each and every year. And so coming in, I knew, again, it was kind of just a sense of like, all right, we're capable. We're, we have the ability to do some big things. And so I knew going in freshman year, I was excited to build with Amy and Elena. 
what was the tipping point that you think has kind of pushed Northwest Missouri State to climbing up to the next tier within the MIAA? Now all of a sudden it's like, man, the Bearcats are going to be competing for a conference championship and, mm-hmm. and getting into the region and making some noise each year. Do you, is there something you can kind of pinpoint or a feeling after a match within a season, something that kind of said, wow, we're, we're almost there? Um, I think it, it's truly a balance of never settling in a sense of always wanting to grow and get better and um, continue to get stronger mentally, physically, you know, all of the above. Um, and the chemistry, and which I think is largely due to the fact that Amy and Elena know what they're doing when it comes to drawing out your strengths. And, and pinpointing your weaknesses in a way that's not demeaning, it's not destructive, but it's constructive and it helps you figure out, you know, how can a teammate pick me up when I'm not doing so well. So I think, again, it comes back to culture and, um, yeah, just that balance of, like, never settling, but then always having encouraging teammates, coaches, and supporting members around you that are pushing you to be your best and just that pursuit of excellence. After playing for Coach Worth for four seasons, then you step back as a graduate assistant, and, and she's a very intense coach. She's very into it, pushes her players to the max. Was it nice to be able to step back and kind of get away from the microscope, but then just to see how she works with her players to get the most out of them each and every day, kind of seeing the way that she works from that coach's perspective? I really enjoyed the intensity of our coaching staff, so I don't feel like it was necessarily a reprieve in any way, but I did embrace my role in the sense that now I felt like I was, a, at that time, I felt like I was a middleman of sorts where I um, could give the girls insight to what the coaching staff was thinking and, you know, how we needed to continue to grow as a team, um, but also add that softer side so that they could feel compassion and just, you know, know that someone understands what they're going through and has been in their shoes. So I really enjoyed my role in that that way. Three-time All-MIAA with Northwest, then GA, then now back with the Spoof Hounds as a head coach. Does that kind of help out too when some of your student-athletes now see what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to do at the college level? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I, I guess I don't really know. I, I don't personally express those accolades and things to them so I'm not really sure what they're aware of in terms of um, my background but I just try to um, not prove myself but just make it known that I'm I always am pursuing a good rapport with my student athletes and um, we do a lot of other types of training, not just physical training, not just um, volleyball training, but mental side of things that I think gives them some insight into who I am and what I value and um, how that can apply to their volleyball game and what they need to do on the court to improve. So I think all those things help in the kids' minds um, and just help them to see that I want what's best for them, and I feel like I can grow them. In, in that one-on-one respect and, and earning that with them within a practice, within a match, obviously is huge, but, you know, it's 2020. They have Google. They're, they're definitely looking it up and be like, all right, this is what Coach did back in the day. 
<laughs> finding some of those old huddle highlights and watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, uh, a couple more for you, and then I'll let you go, Miranda. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking with us today. Um, of you talk a lot about that mental makeup and, and having players mentally ready as, as well as the physical. Um, is there a book, a podcast, some a recommendation, something that you kind of go to to pull a lot of that, um, or just a book or a podcast recommendation in general um, that sticks with you that you think our listeners would love to, to read or, or listen to? Oof, um, that's tough. I don't know that I have just one uh, that would be my recommendation over others. I think just constantly pursuing knowledge outside of what you already know and um, just diverse mediums, like you said, podcasts and books, and watch some YouTube videos. I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is just to continue to be a sponge and soak it all in um and i think one of the biggest um one of the biggest things that i saw helped us this past fall and helped the girls grasp the game a little bit more was watching high level volleyball so we just sat and we we'd watch our own film and just kind of break down you know things that we needed to work on but then we would watch division one volleyball and I just had the girls pick out, you know, someone on the court that they identified with. It could have even been their hair color. Like, I don't, you know, I don't pick that for them. I just have them pick someone on the court that they identify with and look for the things that they do um, that helps their team be successful. And so I think when they started to do that more often and when we did that together, it really clicked for them and their IQs started to grow and, just their um, game knowledge and how and they just became gamers and so they were able to do a lot within the game that wasn't necessarily something that we did repetition after repetition it was just um, a mental thing that clicked for them whenever they started to compete so that was really awesome to see them grow in that way that's very cool just finding ways to absorb it and and then translate it to the court as well um yeah Whenever you think back to being a student athlete at Northwest, let's say we're a few years down the line and Coach Worth's going into the M Club Hall of Fame and someone asks you for a story about Coach Worth, something that stands out, or maybe a funny moment in a practice or, or within a match, what's your go-to Coach Worth story? Because you have to have a few, right? Oh, that's funny. I have a couple that come to mind, but I, I guess they're both pretty short, so I'll share both, but... Um, I was a freshman and we were going into, I think, I don't remember if it's Chili's or I don't know, a restaurant on a road trip and we always have a budget, you know, and so we're supposed to stay within that budget, et cetera. Um, but I am really like, I like to get creative with things. And so I tried to finagle the budget and work with my teammates to figure out how we could all get like multiple sides and not... <laughs> And not just, you know, the traditional, oh, here's your meal, here's your side. I was like, well, okay, if we split this meal, we can all get three sides and we're still under budget. And so we were sitting down and the waitress comes out with all of these sides and Amy started to get kind of worried. She's like, what is going on? And so from that day, I mean, we were still under budget. I, I stayed within the parameters, but... From that day on, she made the Miranda rule, which is you, you get one side, you get your meal, you don't just get to, you know, 
finagle everything. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. And then um, this isn't a funny story, but just something that really stuck with me was we always do team bonding at the beginning of the season at Northwest um, during preseason. And we went to the um, Moera obstacle course type thing, the ropes course, and then stayed in the cabins. And Amy brought out her guitar and was singing and playing guitar. And it was just really cool because I appreciated the fact that she was willing to be vulnerable and just um, show us a side of her that isn't, like you said, that intense coaching side. I thought that it really gave us perspective on the fact that coach worth is a human you know and she she cares about us she wants us to do well and I really appreciated that and I feel like I've taken that piece with me and um, just tried to emulate that and how I am firm with my girls but I want them to know I'm human and I care about them and their well-being and so try to find those soft moments too that has to be huge just for, you know, we talked about the trust side of it earlier and, and, the, and the mental aspect of things, but yeah, I think a, a coach who's, you know, who can be one way on, on a court and, and just trying to push push you and get the best out of you, but then also to kind of show that softer side has to go a long way within really bringing everyone together, not only just the team and the players and the, and the chemistry, but within them, but I would have to think mm-hmm. within the head coach too, so that's very cool. And I did not have any idea that she was musically inclined either. I know. We didn't either until she broke out the guitar. So that was so cool. She'll probably not like that I shared that, but we'll, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> no, it's good. And I love the creativity, too. I think she should have rewarded you for what you did at Chili's for... That's what I'm saying. Working it, yeah. That's... Uh, you should be... I mean, if the education thing doesn't work out, then maybe a money <laughs> manager of sort, some sorts. There's something there, I think. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Awesome. All right, last one to wrap up, and then I'll let you go. Uh, New Year's Eve is quickly approaching. Uh, do you go? Do you have any New Year's resolutions, or or do you not do that sort of thing? Um, I do believe that New Year's resolutions are kind of gimmicky. I don't <laughs> dog on people that do them, but I I just try to always have goals and um, you know, things to pursue after so that I don't stagnate. I I want to always push myself. So I obviously see the value in um, a specific time devoted to that and just kind of a reset button in that way. But I personally don't just say like, oh, January 1st, I'm going to go work out more or anything like that. I just try to do that constantly throughout my whole year. So you're not going to go with like, like, for instance, you know, I'm going to try to cut down on eating less of this. You're not going to say, I'm going to cut down on fewer losses. So instead of two in a state championship, we're just going to run the table next year. Yeah. No, <laughs> I I like to keep goals, um, smart goals, you know. Not too much pressure on the players with throwing something like that out in January, you know. Yeah. That might be hard. But yeah. regardless, I, I do like what you said there, too, of, yeah, flipping a switch on January 1st is kind of, yeah, kind of gimmicky. Just change if you want to change, right? Yeah, not. I'm not trying to, like I said, not trying to discourage anyone who does do that. Because sometimes you just need a mental reset. And if it's January 1st, then cool beans. But yeah. I personally try to, to continue to set goals and do what I can to meet those all throughout the year. That's good. Well, it, again, 
2020 has been difficult, but uh, still plenty of good. Congratulations on uh, on getting married and, and still being a newlywed, but also the first state championship in Maryville High School volleyball history. That is huge. So I'm looking forward to many more things to come. And, and Coach, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on here. Thanks again to Miranda Mazera for joining us on Bearcat Rewind today, and thank you for listening as well. In case you missed some of our recent episodes over the last few weeks, we've had Northwest Missouri State head men's basketball coach Ben McCollum, Bearcat football assistant coach Joel Osborne, and last week we also had Joe Quinlan and Colin McDonough, both of the Northwest Athletic Department, on with us, just kind of having some fun, lighthearted episode around the holidays, talking about uh, the famed sitcom Seinfeld, and obviously they're huge fans, so we had some fun talking about that as well. So a little bit of everything here on Bearcat Rewind over the last few weeks. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.